So Ignacio, Ignacio. Yeah, got it. I just want to make sure. <laughs> Does he do the accent on it? <laughs> Ignacio, yeah, Ignacio. that's good. Maybe you want to tilt that microphone up slightly. There we go. Like that. Okay. All right. Clement Otis, Daddy Loves You. Shout out to Indosol and Tectonic Coffee. Uh, use our promo code THT at checkout and get a discount on those products. Indosol, love those guys. Footwear made from repurposed motor vehicle tyres. And to date, they've taken almost 100,000 motor vehicle tyres that would have went into landfill, out of landfill, and converted them into like footwear such as slides and flip-flops. In Australia, we call them thongs. I know in the US, you know, a thong is like a bikini, but it's not a bikini, it's footwear. Um, Tectonic Coffee also, they're LA-based coffee roasters. They do um, everything ethically, fair trade practices. Um, They source their coffee beans from around the world and they monitor the processing and the growing of those products very closely and, and pay fair trade prices. And, um, yeah, check them out at tectoniccoffee.com. They're in California, but they deliver worldwide. All right. I also want to shout out to um, past guest Stephen Ellis. Now, he was episode 57, and if you want to make a huge difference in someone's life, like here is your opportunity. So Steve is a double amputee, like a double leg amputee. Um, he's a father of three children. He's a skateboarder and the nicest guy you'll ever meet. Like, yes, he's a skateboarder and he absolutely rips. Um, if you listen to my podcast with him, you get a pretty good insight into his life and his desire to inspire others. Now, he needs a car to drive his kids around and in order for that to happen, the specific car he must get needs to meet certain like standards for modification for his uh, disability. So um, he's aiming for $20,000 on his GoFundMe. Every single cent counts and um, you'll be changing his life, but his kids' lives as well. So the GoFundMe is called Help Stephen Ellis Get a Car. So chuck in a few bucks. He'll be so stoked. Ignacio, are you ready? We are ready. <laughs> We're having a good time. You are? Yeah. I can tell. And we are all into Terrible Happy Talks, Terrible Happy Talks, Terrible Happy Talks, Terrible Happy Talks. Today's guest is Ignacio Salazar. Ignacio is a big wave surfer who chases swells around the world in order to inspire people. Although he is known as Ignacio on the streets of downtown Punta Hermosa, Peru, they call him Spud in his adopted home of Australia. <laughs> Typical Australian nickname. <laughs> in 2014, Ignacio's wave at Shipstones Bluff in Tasmania was nominated at the Billabong Extra Extra Large Awards for Ride of the Year. And he was also nominated for waves he has caught at big wave locations such as uh, Mavericks in California. Now, that wave that he got at Shipstones was a beast and uh, turns out Kelly Slater was sitting in the channel for that one, so what a special day. Uh, I'll put a link to the clip of the wave, uh, those waves in his show notes, but to mention there's another clip that I'm going to put in there and it's a close encounter that Ignacio had with a huge great white shark at Ocean Beach in, Beach in San Francisco, excuse me. So today... Ignacio is with me to share his journey, experiences, challenges, and hopes for the future. Ignacio Spud Salazar, welcome. Thanks. Thank you, brother. Man, thank you, dude. How was your day? Was uh, was a good day today. We went on a mission, uh, spear fishing. Oh, nice. Down to Jervis Bay. 
Um, we got um, plenty of fish. Yeah. So that's good for the week. <laughs> that's your food for the week. That's it. That's how we get the food here in this house. We go and hunt it and then uh, we pretty much have it for, for the rest of the week, no? Yeah, nice. For those that don't know, like, can you describe that area that you mentioned, Jervis Bay? Like, where is it in exactly for those that don't know Australia coastline that well? Well, it's um, from Sydney. It's around um, two and a half hours south. And then um, it's, it's just there. It's like a little uh, peninsula, little bay that um, is like really nice to dive and surf, you yeah. know. It's a marine national park as well. It is. Yeah, it it's is, just it is. full of fish. Like, were you seeing, like, apart from the fish you caught, like, what else were you seeing out there? Uh, we saw a lot of uh, Port Jacksons. Oh, yeah. Port Jackson sharks. Uh, nurse, shark nurse. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Grey nurses. Yeah. yeah um, pretty big one, too. Um, we get usually black drama. Oh, nice. Yeah, black drama is good. And. Yeah, just enjoying the day over there and the conditions. It's such a it's such a, a beautiful part of the world. Like for me, it's close to my heart because I'd spend a lot of my Christmas days down there, would have barbecues in certain areas of National Park to celebrate Christmas and swimming in the beaches down there and learning how to surf in that area. Um, and now that I've travelled and I've come back, I really appreciate its its beauty more than ever. No, it's beautiful there. Yeah. It's like super nice, unique. It is. Yeah. So, like you just said before, like you caught the fish, and that's what you're going to eat this week. Yeah. You, like, is this something? Are these skills that were taught to you as a child? Uh yeah. I used to fish when I was very young. You know, in Punta Hermosa, uh, if there. If the ocean was flat, uh, I used to wake up 6 a.m. and get some uh, bait from the sand in the shore and just go and fish and then bring all the fish and we cook it at home. So, yeah, it's, it's part of life, I think. That's what you do. <laughs> yeah, that's what I do. Like, how, how do you compare catching catching your food as opposed to buying it? What does it do for you and your I guess your soul. Oh, um, first of all, uh, save money. Yes. Yeah. You know. <laughs> Sec- second of all, you don't uh, support big industries that in certain way they uh, pollute the environment mm. or probably they fish whatever they can. So, you know, so I pretty much like the way I do it because I need, I catch what I need. And yeah. then if I need uh, stuff like essentials, I just get it from the supermarket. Yeah. You know, so, and it's fresh, you know. That's it's it fresh. Is. You can't you can beat that. It's fresh. And yeah. it's got a story. Like, do you feel more connected to it? Yeah, totally. I mean, like, hunting your food and eating it is, I don't know, I think it's, it's really pure, no? Yeah. Like it's, it's a good connection with the ocean and and yourself, no? Yeah, and like I think most people, myself included, are really becoming more disconnected to where their food comes from and could basically – most people could not tell you where their food has actually been grown or, or processed in any way, 
I mean, my, I, I do it all the time. Like I'm buying things from supermarkets and I'm like, I don't know where this beef was grown. Yeah, exactly. I, I, so, I don't know where these vegetables were grown. I don't, yeah. yeah. And I, I don't trust too much in that because um, there's a lot of pesticides, preservative, and, you know, the list is like... It's an extensive, extensive list. Um, but yeah, I I like the way I do it, and I'm gonna keep doing it now until until I have to go. Yeah, yeah. And I noticed, like, when I um, came into your house today, you've, like you're growing your own vegetables. There's a, there's a lot of that, and there's this awesome like veggie garden. But the vegetable, the the garden bed is a, like a boat. Yeah. Did you build that? No, no. Are your I friends didn't. did? No, yeah, my friends oh, did. I was going to say, did you claim that? It's so right. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, but yeah, no, it's a, good, um, it's a good thing that we are growing a little bit of uh, veggies here. Yeah, nice. Uh, as well, you know, we try to, to get everything ourselves so we don't have to like um, support big markets or support something that we don't see it as very good, no, which is which is uh all the farms that grow all this stuff with pesticides and all that. So we just grow it ourselves. Were your were your family fishermen? No, 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 no. So um they're just normal people. Peruvian. You know, just Peruvian people. Well, what, can, can, just, you, can you describe like give us give us a like a as, but what was what was life like in Peru then as a child? Yeah, life life was uh, was was good. No, I grew up in the beach. Yeah. Uh, my mom used to work. Uh, she used to own a flower shop. Nice. No, that's her shop. My dad uh, used to work in an insurance company. Okay. So, so they would like work in a office and all, and all that. Um, I always like it, like to be in the beach, you know, in the water, and always try to be as much as I can, no? That was my my goal. Did your I, Did your parents like the beach? Yeah, I mean, uh, they my my dad used to surf, you know, when he was younger and compete too. He used to go to California to compete, and uh, one of my uncles, Eduardo uh, Arena, he was the president of the ISA. Oh yeah. Yeah, uh, he founded the ISA, no, it's International Surfing Association. Um, my grandfather used to surf too. Uh, my house in Punta Hermosa was one of the very first houses to build in the whole town, right. no, because uh, I think uh, it was discovered around the 50s or 60s, no, and, and by that time, uh, my great-grandmother, sorry, uh, she built this house, no, and it started like a, like a club. A club, uh, yeah. Called Waikiki. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then, with the years, it became more, um, more like a little, um, um, like houses, no, with with friends that they build their own houses and became like a little little town and then start growing slowly. And now it's a big town. It's like a big surfing town. So, so you're saying your family basically established that particular town? 
Yeah, I mean, I, I wouldn't say like my family established, but uh, my house have more years than the town itself. Gotcha. gotcha. You know? So, yeah, we we came from, uh, I was lucky to to be raised there in Punta Hermosa and start surfing since so very, very young. Why was it one of the, why was it such, why was it there? Like, were your family drawn to the ocean from a very long way back? Yeah, um, my great-grandfather, he was um, the first guy to um, produce tobacco in South America. Oh, wow. In the Amazon, up north, no? And that's, um, I don't know, they had a, they had a house in, in the mountains too, and, and I think uh, my grandfather, he used to like surfing, and that's how... That's how they uh, look for um, waves, no? And at that time, there was no highways or nothing. And, and you know, they, they discover Punta Hermosa, which, which you have uh, a lot of different surf uh, breaks over there, from big wave to point breaks. And they like it, and so they start hanging out there, and that's how they build house, one, one house, two houses, and then... You know, the whole town. So the, I've, I've heard, and I said this to you earlier, like I've heard Peru is land of the lefts. It is. is. It, it is. Like similar to Indonesia. It is. It is. Um, we. So left point break specifically. Yeah. We, yeah, we are lucky to have a um, um, way for all year round. Uh, up north is where the class, like barrels and all that are. Um, in the capital, there's a few good waves, but it's mainly like point breaks, so for turns and all that. And the further south you go, the bigger it gets. You know, it's it's just because how all the twelve they travel and they finish, you know, through Chile and and Peru, and then start coming up all the way to Mexico. Right. Yeah. So we got waves all year round, you know, and then summer we got all the north swells. Which is good for us to yeah right uh, yeah. So when when you get those different swell directions, is it opening up a, like a many different waves, or are the same waves just behaving differently? Does that make sense? Yeah. Or is it opening up new fresh spots? There's a few places in Peru that only works with a north swell, otherwise it doesn't work. But I said seventeen percent of all the spots they're like good with south swell, which is which is what we get pretty much all year round. Yeah, know? right. Yeah. So, like, how old were you when you actually started surfing? Like, when you got your first surfboard? Oh, yeah, I can't remember, but uh, <laughs> but I, I guess I guess uh, I guess I was around five, six. Right. Okay. Yeah, pretty young. Yeah. Um, I still remember had my. Uh, Life best to go surfing. Gotcha. <laughs> yeah, so pretty young. <laughs> so like you said that, you know, Peru's got, you know, point breaks and you know, it gets swell all year and then also it's got some big wave options. So yeah. like where was the first big wave spot in Peru that you really tested yourself or is it a secret spot? 
No, no, it's not secret. <laughs> it's not secret anymore. It's, it's called uh, Pico Alto. They used to run a, a event of the Big Wave Tour over there in, yeah. in Peru. Yeah. Pico Alto. Um, they stopped it, no, a few years ago. But that's sort of like the main Big Wave uh, spot in Peru. But there's more of them further south. It's just like if Peru is like... Um, we there's not many surfers, so there's amazing waves on the coast south of Peru, but it's just that no one surfs. So why? Like too cold? No, it's just, just like the local. Um, the locals don't surf. Yeah, it's it's a bit hard for some people because the economic situation. No, it's, it's, to have a board and a wetsuit and the time to surf costs money, and people there. You know, they, they, they don't have um, the blessing that we have, no, that live in a house with mattress and uh, some some of them just sleep on the floor, you yeah. know? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, like so it's a it's a rich person's luxury. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's, it's, you know, it's something to be grateful for. Yeah, man. And so like um, have you have you surfed like have you ventured out of Peru into various other parts of like South America and Latin America? Like what what no have you mainly did you like I mean for example did you ever get up to Mexico and surf places like Puerto Escondido? Well, the when I left Peru, I came straight to Australia. Gotcha. Okay. And then from Australia, I went to Indonesia, Fiji, Vanuatu, um, to California, and then to Mexico. Yeah, right. eventually, because when I got here, I, I had I had to like study and work, and I didn't really have time to surf. So it was a little bit uh, hard for me at the beginning, you know. So, so. With time, I started like surfing more and getting a bit more of exposure, and then I got my uh, permanent residence through big wave surfing, no, which in is in Australia. Amazing! And since that happened, I put more focus on my travels and big wave surfing, and that's when I went to California, Mexico, and and do a few competitions. Like specifically focused on big waves. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So did you ever like dip your toe into say like, you know, the the WQS, you know, like trying to qualify for No, because like, hey, I'm 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 it's never been I, your Yeah, I'm not like a like a high performance. Yeah. I'm guy. not very good. I'm not very like uh, gymnastic in the wave. <laughs> <laughs> You know, I like I like big drops and big barrels. Okay, why? What what, what draws you to it? Oh, uh, it's just it's just what makes me feel good. You know, it's just my connection. You know, um, I still have fun in small ways, but you know, if if you put me in a really big wave and then in a perfect small wave, I'm gonna go for the big one because I just like. Sort of the feeling and 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 achievement, no? It's, it's about challenging yourself and obstacles that you have, you know. So, yeah, it's it's how 
I don't, I don't even know why I like him so much, but I just do it. I was going to say, like, at what point did you realize, like, hey, that's that's for me. Like, I, I, I want the biggest wave of the day. Uh, I want the, I want to take a late drop. I want to, I want to pull into the biggest barrel. Like, what? How old do you think you were when you actually realized that? Was there a specific moment? Well, no, I did it since I was uh, little too. Because I remember being in local competitions and. You know, just going to the back of the way of of the break and just waiting for the biggest one. And doesn't matter if I close, I just still go and drop it. You know, uh, probably I wouldn't make any points, but I just still like the feeling. <laughs> you know, so did you have like a mentor as a kid that was like, you know, supporting you? Was it your father that was that was mentoring you in your surfing or or pushing you to progress? Um, no, my, my dad was a little bit busy partying, no? Uh, yeah. He's a party guy? Yeah, he was a party guy. It was some issues when we were kids, no? So, but things happen, no? Everyone, everyone does wrong and then can't do good, no? So, mm. but, uh, yeah, I just, I sort of like seeing like, um, I really like uh, look up to Sonny Garcia when I was a kid um, and just like Andy Irons and, mm-hmm. and, and yeah, just like professional surfers that I see on, on, the, on the screen pretty much and I just w- wanted to be sort of like them but, you know, surfing... So the, waves? their style of surfing attracted you. Yeah, I mean, I I, I know it was already there, uh, but if uh, if I wanted to like put some someone as I was looking up, probably like Sunny Garcia, you know, I really like his uh, power surfing and all mm. that. I can't believe you said specifically those two people because, like, I mean. Most surfers absolutely love those two those two people. Like, for and for me that they were my guys as well. Like, I always looked up to Sonny Garcia. In fact, I wanted to call my son my 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 son Otis. His name is. We were going to call him Sonny because I wanted to call because I love Sonny Garcia so much. You know? yeah. But what attracted me to people like Sonny Garcia as well as Andy Irons is that not only were they just amazing surfers, unique, one of a kind, but uh, their their personalities really spoke to me as well. They have this like raw edge, like they're authentic, real, yeah, just yeah, real. Yeah. They were, well, I don't want to use the past tense, but real humans, you know, and they, yeah. they didn't try to pretend that they were anything else. No, exactly. Um, I met Andy Irons when he was surfing for MCD. Yep. Uh, I don't know how old I was, but he came to Peru, you know, for a couple of times and, and he was staying uh, in front of my house with a friend. So I got to meet him there, um, and uh, then I really became good friends with uh, Sunny Garcia. Uh, we went to Peru together, do uh, Machu Picchu. Uh, we do um, a ceremony in Machu Picchu too. He went with his family, took it up north um, in summer, which is January, February, and just, uh, we scored some waves. And then uh, was, I was going to Hawaii to his house and staying with him and training, you know, just like, um, yeah. 
really close close friend. So you actually gave him a, a tour of like Machu Picchu, it, yeah, in, in that area, and yeah. like when like he wanted to go hiking and things like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. he was stoked. Yeah, he, he had a really good time. Uh, he took uh, his daughter, uh, son-in-law, and uh, his wife too. So we had a really good time, and, and yeah, we spent there like I don't know, right, five days. So yeah. it was super good. He was stoked. Yeah, for sure. And you said like you, you said you did ceremony. Like a ceremony is a big part of Peruvian culture. Like, what's the main religion there? Yeah, I know the main religion is uh, uh, Catholic, Christian, no, Catholic, Christian, Christian no. Yeah, yeah. Um, but as many people know, Peru is uh, the land of the Incas, no. Mm-hmm. Machu Picchu is the like the capital of the Incas, no? Um, the Incas they were very connected with the plants, no? There's plant of powers, no? As many people know, uh, we have uh, San Pedro, which is a cactus, and uh, we have uh, ayahuasca, which is a root from from the jungle, pretty much. Uh, I. I, I done San Pedro and ayahuasca, and I feel like uh, it, it changed my my way of thinking, my perception of life, my vision. It just changed the way I think in a lot of ways. Um, you know, you feel connected with with everything, no? Because we. We are connected, no, with uh, with the plant, with the ocean, with the air. The environment. We are connected with one one another. You know, we just it's all connected, no, in this life. You know, because we are part of the environment. Yeah, we are part, and we are at the end of the day, we are energy, and we are the same energy. Did you know? did um, doing those ceremonies make you realize that, or do you think you knew it already? No, doing those ceremonies makes me makes makes me uh, uh, awake. Put it that way, you know. It makes me awake, and it made me um, know myself, and you know, and and how to live a life where I can feel happy. And if I don't feel happy, I can embrace that feeling and 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 move on no and move on and move on and not let it not let it control you no i mean feelings uh, if you have a for me no if you have a good feeling or bad feeling uh, it's always welcome no you have to embrace it and and then like um, think or meditate about what is it and then uh, move on, no? You cannot get stuck on that uh, feeling or thought because that's where you get uh, stuck, no? And that's when you start overthinking, no? So... <clears throat> do, you think, do you think most humans struggle with overthinking? Yeah, happens to me a lot. <laughs> Still? Yeah. Yeah, same me, big time. Yeah, no, I mean, I'm, I'm, no one is perfect and I'm going to keep overthinking I guess for the rest of my life but but it's not like um, when you get aware when you're overthinking and you try to like um, 
<clears throat> think other things or positive or, or try to see the positive thing of a really bad thing is, is the way you can uh, change your vibration, no? Is, is a way you can like change how, how you think, your vibration, and your vibration uh, is transmitted to others not because you say my my vibration is like this. It's just because everything is a, a receptor, no? So if you are with a person that is in bad mood and complaining, you're going to extract that energy and you're going to feel either drained or in a bad mood. So it's important to to see who is your surroundings and what you do in life, no? So for me, you know, like going fishing, get my fish and going surfing and going meditate and do yoga and train is for me something positive because gets my, my flow going and my vibration is, is the vibration I like, no? But if I eat McDonald's and I sit watching TV... I go to an office or, you know, or do nothing, your vibration is going to be low, yeah. you know? So, so yeah, that's where you make uh, the choices, no? Yeah. Do you feel fulfilled? Uh, no. No? No, I don't feel fulfilled. I, I feel like uh, I'm learning and I'm always going to learn. I feel like... Um, that there's um, there's a life and you have to keep growing in that life and you're gonna make mistakes and 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 you're gonna make good good things and uh, gratitude is is something that is always gonna be um, how can I say it? gratitude is something that if you show you it will get back to you. You know, karma? Yeah. Yeah, so it's important to show gratitude, you know, in life. It's funny, like the last couple of years of my life, um, <clears throat> especially after you know, living in Bali where ceremony is life there, it's a, it's a daily practice. They do ceremony every day. Yeah. Even, you know, making the offerings and, and putting the offerings out the front of their houses like every single day, you know, and it's a ceremony yeah. every day. Um. And then I look at the, the people and their nature and their culture and I see a lot of very, you know, people that could be, they, they seem happy and they seem content and when I'm around them, I, f I feel relaxed and happy and content. So like what you said, I, I think I'm feeling their vibration, you know, and I didn't realise it but they're practising it every day to heighten their vibration. Yeah, I mean, uh, they're like very... Um spiritual no in Indonesia mm. they believe in karma which is uh, something like is is there you know like you do good things go, uh, good things gonna happen no you do bad bad things gonna happen no mm. pretty much that way but um yeah I I respect a lot the culture in Indonesia and I think you know um they're really happy people, 
you know, they have poverty, but, you know, they're still happy in the place they are, you know. Yeah. When, when you go into an ayahuasca ceremony, are you going into it with a, a set intention? So do you go into it saying, like, were you going there to try and heal yourself? Were you feeling lost or confused or were you feeling um, sad prior to it and it was something as a way of, of, of um, healing yourself? Yeah. Um, any plant of power or sacred plant, you have to have an intention, no? Uh, because... And you have to make sure your intentions are good, no? Because if you just take it as as uh, you want to get high, um, <clears throat> the plant doesn't like it, no? So, you, yeah, you can, whatever in, intention you have, like, say you want to, you feel like lost or you want to heal yourself, you, before you take the medicine, you ask, no, that show me, show me the way, show me what I'm See, doing. it's Don't. funny, you refer to it as medicine. It's, 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 it's interesting, like, because I, to hear that, like, you so naturally go, oh, it's a, it's a medicine, it's a medicine. And um, is that how it's, is that how a lot of Peruvians see it? Is, it's just, it's a, it is a medicine or is it generally perceived as something not to go near? Um... Well, I cannot speak for all, all the Peruvians, but I was lucky to have my older brother. Um, he does uh, ayahuasca ceremonies around the world. And he, um, he actually treats a lot of people with uh, dependency of opioids, um, uh, you know, addi addiction to, to drugs, uh, alcohol. Trauma. Trauma, uh, depression. Because <coughs> um, I've seen it, you know, I've seen people like from having nothing to after having a few ceremonies and realizing what... Um, what life is about, they start like changing themselves, like pretty much like like having a house, having sort of work, having values in life, you know. Well, and it's changed after it, so they they they've they've changed their direction in life as to what they want from life. Yeah, exactly. So what, like things like they weren't happy in their nine to five job, so they changed that. Well. Uh, they're, it's not that they're, not, they're lost, put it that way. Uh -huh. And when you're lost, of course, you don't have, like, a happy vibration. Gotcha. You know? So if someone is lost or someone is, like, um, have problems with alcohol or drugs or, pre or medicine prescriptions, you know, like opioids, mm. Um, became uh, dependable, yeah. And you know, it's just matter of time that that uh, dependency uh, escalates, and that's where people get lost, suicide, you no, know, lost a family. I don't know. 
But at the end of the day, uh, what I've seen from my personal experience, seeing how my brother are helping a lot of people uh, with uh, natural medicine, which is San Pedro or ayahuasca, uh, in ceremonies or microdoses, no? Uh, I've seen a lot of good he has done to a lot of people, so that's mm -hmm. why I believe... Um, It's a medicine, no? That's why I call it a medicine. It is. And, I mean, it's straight out of the earth. Yeah. That's where I, so I always find it interesting. So there's a lot of talk about psilocybin mushrooms at the yeah. moment. And, and people are – it's becoming more common to microdose. So California has just legalized psilocybin yeah, mushrooms, exactly. like commonly known as magic mushrooms, yeah. in the treatment of, like you said, depression, anxiety, trauma – PTSD, yeah. and they're having amazing results. And yeah. and sometimes these people are finding that they feel cured after after one ceremony. Yeah, and then there's no need for prescription medication. Exactly, and their lives get immediately better. So there's a really good book by a guy called Michael Pollan, and it's called How to Change Your Mind. It's called the Sci the Science of Psychedelics. And he does a 30-year research study into the different psychedelics and he experiments with all of them. And, and um, he looks at all these research studies, like say, for example, um, people that have been incarcerated in jail, they actually were given you know, a, a psilocybin mushroom trip and then um, they were less likely to re-offend Afterwards, they were a control group, so they they reoffend. They they were less likely to go back to jail after they did that. So it was like this perception change that you spoke of. So in regards to how it affected you, how did it impact on your big wave surfing or your approach to big wave surfing? Do you think it had any impact on it? Um, yeah, I guess. Uh, uh, yeah, for sure, for sure. Uh, it, I think it. it It make me do, uh, t make me take my own decisions and give me sort of like confidence in myself. Um, less scared? Uh, no, not less scared, <laughs> but just believe in myself. Okay. You know, I always get scared out there. Do you? <laughs> yeah. I mean. Okay, it, here's, here's the question. How do, you, how do you manage fear? Well, the, the way I do it, is um, my mind start playing games, of course. Like, oh, I'm going to get wiped out, hold, hold, uh, get cold underwater for two waves, blah, blah, blah. But then, like, um, I think to myself, like, is this happened already? And, and the answer is no. And, and, and then I think, well, if this have not happened, Why are you thinking of it? <laughs> yeah, you know, like it's true. maybe you can get a real good wave mm. and make it. You yeah. know, so that that then changed my way of thinking when I'm surfing. And the other thing is like when I see a wave, it, I just start paddling and try not to think and just paddle as hard as I can. Don't like don't think, just paddle. Just just go. Yeah, just go. So, it's so much easier said than done. So like when you're at, say, Mavericks, so you paddle Mavericks. Yeah. So give, you, give me a breakdown of what it feels like to be sitting in the lineup out there. So it's, it's cold. It's cold water. It's huge. Yeah. It's, it's, it's notoriously sharky. Sharky. It is, yeah. So 
what are you what are you thinking when when a set comes? Um, well, it's funny because uh, the first time I surfed Mavericks was um, after I had an injury on my knee. So I was in California just um, uh, getting better off my knee. Uh, the first time I paddled to Mavericks, I paddled in sort of like a small day, but I went in high tide. So everyone was coming in so, <laughs> and I was going out. So I was pretty much by myself the first time I surfed Mavericks. Hey, how big was it? First time uh, I was tw- 20, tw- foot? 20 foot, 25 foot, maybe. And you know, uh, I didn't work to see it, so I was waiting. I worked for a long time, and that's when your mind played games. Is this a sharky place? Blah blah blah. I want to get out of here, start getting nervous. Um, and then I managed to get one wave and ride it all the way to the rock, to the channel, yeah, yeah, and. And from there, that was it. That was a really cool experience for me. And, 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 and you know, like, like from there, I started going every swell. And slowly, I became more familiar with the wave. And then, you know, on the big days, I was, I was getting some good, good bombs over there. So That's interesting. Like, did you feel like your confidence was boosted then? Yeah, I, yeah. I, I feel like... Um, I I knew the place. I was had, had a connection with the place. Um, I didn't have a wipeout yet, so I was making every wave, making sure I was making every wave. Um, and yeah, like um, I remember the first time I got up, my my very first wipeout, Mavericks was was the biggest day of the decade. So it's like a 60 to 80 foot swell. No. And, and yeah, we were towing it and and the guy that was driving my ski uh, put me in this wave, but because it was high tide, I don't know, the wave sort of disappeared. Yeah. And it left me in an awkward spot. And I turned around and I saw this giant wave just like break really on my head. So you'd actually already towed in, but you were just, he towed you into it like too deep? No, no. What, what happened is uh, the wave was forming when he told me, but because um, the high tide, it went, I don't know, it just the energy went another direction. Uh-huh. And as I was like in the middle of the break, I turned around and I saw this monster coming to me i was like 60 to 80 foot easy oh my god um i didn't i didn't have yeah. where to go you know <laughs> so i just what i did i said fuck what i'm gonna do now i just like first instinct just like swim and try to like penetrate the, the wave so so and, it broke on your head yeah so just, you ditched your board i ditched the board i didn't have a leash but you had, did you have a flotation device on? I had a flotation device which didn't work. So no. So what? You try to swim down. I tried to swim um, under the wave. Yeah. But because I have the flotation, the impact vest, it sort of like launched me to the falls of the wave. So you went over the falls. Yeah, went over the falls. Over sixty to eighty footer. Yeah, went super deep because uh, the wave was so strong. Uh, my wetsuits. Both hands went all the all like 
went all the way to the hands. No way. Like that. Went like all, all the way to my fingers and I just couldn't use my hands. <laughs> so I couldn't use an inflation vest. No way. So I was just like, um, how do you say? I said, this is it. This is like, I'm done in here. <laughs> and it happened was like um, a free wave hold down. Yeah. When I pop up, um, I look on my back and I was close to the rocks. So those rocks, I don't know if you know it, but those rocks are them. huge, like huge rocks. Um, and on the other side of the rock, there's like a there's there's like a nice little bay, you know. Mm. So I saw the waves coming. Um, so there's I see no option rather than um, go like a tennis ball. So I managed to get one hand free from the wetsuit, pull the um, flotation vest, and then like I got like um, push by the waves, like a tennis ball. Yeah. Through the rocks, on top of the rocks, and came... <laughs> like pin, I came, pin I came, Yeah, came on the other side. Um, and yeah, it was, I was like... I was like, fuck, that was a ride. Did you think you were going to die? <laughs> yeah, it probably happens. It went through my mind. Yeah. You know, but it didn't, so... So was happy for that. You're happy for that. Um, yeah, but when I got up on the rocks and I was like looking at the back, where am I? I was like, fuck, that was all right. Yeah. <laughs> wow. You know, so. Did you, did you kind of have a moment like, okay, well, I've survived, I survived that. So there's not many wipeouts that are going to be worse than that. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. No, yeah. definitely. That was, that was the heaviest wipeout I ever had in yeah. my entire life until, until today. No way. Um, <laughs> yeah, great, and, it's a great and then, story. Yeah, and then I had, um, you know, if happens, something happens like that to you, you have to go out again and mm. and get away, so so you don't have that memory, you know, from from your session, no. Yeah. So I went. Um, I went out back on the ski and just got a wave. What are you more scared of, scared of, like big waves or? COVID-19. <laughs> well, that's, that's a tough one because uh, I'm not scared. I mean, like, uh, COVID-19, no, it, it, there's, I think there's a virus, but it's not as the way they, they say it. I think if you're healthy, you eat healthy, you use sports, you, you take care of yourself. More resilient. Yeah, there's... There's not many chances you can get it. Um, maybe, you know, for the old people, maybe, but... Yeah, I think, I mean, that that's the general feeling of a lot of people I speak to. Yeah. It's like, yeah. I think we're not, they're not really telling us, they're not really promoting resilience as much as they are, like, you know, these prevent, like, sort of, um, pre- not prevention, like just cure, uh, like a curative approach where, you know, wearing, wear masks, sanitize, but they're not really, we're not getting a lot of messages from the media and the government to say, hey, go and exercise, eat better food. Yeah, you know, it's be crazy active. because they, they it, say. It's uh, the best form of defense. Yeah, don't, don't get together and then they open Costco in America and like, it's just, for me, it's, I mean, there might be a virus, 
but as well there's a lot of uh, political interest yeah and things that probably we don't know yeah and i think um, i know for, i mean i can't speak for, for me personally i think now we're six months in i don't know like i think frustration is building for a lot of people yeah and um it's interesting but look i i, I try not to talk about that topic too much too much on here but i mean it is what it is it, this is the reality of our world right now yeah you know i mean you've been affected by it you were saying you've been affected by the pandemic because now you can't surf big waves like you can't chase waves around the world correct yeah well that's that's it no um i think for every big wave surfer um it's important to to travel to chase those big waves no because um there's not only waves where you live you know you have to chase them as the season changes no <laughs> usually you chase big waves in winter time Gotcha. So winter, northern hemisphere is sort of like October till March. Gotcha. And winter, southern hemisphere is you know mm. from April to October, something yeah. like that. So you've lived in Australia for like since around two thousand and six, but you said you lived in the US for a while as well in California. Yeah, I live in California uh, to pursue um, big wave surfing. Um, it's very hard to get a good exposure of tall waves here on the East Coast. There are more like heavy waves here. So I I went there to California to compete, to get a bit of exposure. Also, um, I was working with a doctor over there for uh, CBD oil. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, I've done a few um, public uh, speeches here in uh, Adelaide about in, CBD okay. oil Yeah, for the people. Tell us more. I'm interested. Yeah. Like, uh, you like, know. So you, you, were, you were working with a doctor to help develop it? Yeah, to, to bring more like a, a awareness and education to Australia, Peru, and, and the rest of the world, no? Yeah. Since I got um, my accident in Hawaii, uh, I busted my knee, and, no, and lucky by that, but by that time, I got uh, sponsored by a CBD company of Hawaii. So when I came here to Australia, I had two surgeries on my knee, and all the doctors gave me all these painkillers, and I'm I'm allergic to a lot of uh, uh, pills. Yep. And I'm not a friend of having uh, painkillers, no. So I use CBD and recover really good, fast. You know, help with the pain, so, inflammation. Because honestly, I think that there's a lot of people would like to know about it. I think people are talking more about CBD oil in Australia. Uh, th- I know it's quite popular in America, but it hasn't yeah. actually taken off here yet, I don't think, or it's starting to. Yeah, uh, look, here um, uh, the laws have to change, no? Uh, uh, it's hard to, to get CBD here because it's a prescription medicine, no? Mm. When in every part in the world is it's in the supermarket. Yeah. You know? Uh, CBD is... 
is not only good for the people that suffer from something, CBD is good for everyone at every moment because it uh, interacts with your endocannabinoid system. Endocrine system, yep. Which is in charge to regulate all your nerve system, no? Uh, As well, it will give you like uh, mind clarity. Uh, If you are an athlete, you know, I take it because... Uh, it's good for my surfing performance. Um, after it is good, cause health with inflammation, uh, and it's in general good uh, as the the CBD makes the uh, cancer cells kill themselves. You know, so I mean, yeah. I know, like I've, I've I've heard this information numerous times before and I've researched it and it just makes so much sense. Yeah, and that's why I, I you know, I'm all about um, helping people the right way. Um, and that's why I, I went to, I was invited to in Adelaide to this uh, Hemp Expo and I did like a free speech in 2018. In, 2000, in Adelaide? Yeah, in 2019. Um and always try to like give the right information to people because people always ask, you know, they, they, they will ask me a lot about CBD, uh, benefits, um, you know, and I will try to give much information as I can, no, from mm-hmm. personal experience and from a professional experience, no? So to clarify, like it doesn't have THC in it, so it doesn't get people high. Is there a high associated with it? The so you have uh, the 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 cannabis. You have cannabis. two groups, no? The yeah. cannabis, which yeah. is high in THC, low in CBD, uh-huh. and you have the hemp, which is high in CBD, low in THC. Okay, depends what sort of like issue you have or why you want, what do you want to use it for, like. People that have a strong cancer, they use cannabis, contains a high THC, but they get hungry. Gotcha. So they eat. It's good for the pain and it's good for the mood. And then you they're know? eating more food. They want to, the appetite's there, so then that's nourishing their body. Right? Yeah, exactly. Um, someone like, I don't know, like me, that I'm healthy. And I just want to use it for for a daily intake. Um, I want high in CBD because that will help me to uh, focus more. You know, when I perform sports, it will like. Um, when you say focus more, does it re- reduce like anxiety? So like, yeah, yeah, like even I'm not just saying like anxiety around okay big waves. But anxiety around like, oh, I've got a busy day on, I've got lots to do. Does it just keep you focused on what your goals are? It gives you more clarity. Clarity? Really? So you feel like you think clearer. Yeah. uh, It gives you a better um, outlook in life too. It just makes you feel good with yourself. And when you feel good with yourself, uh, you perform better. Ah. You know, Uh, because, you know, it's all about, the nerve system, no? Once the nerve system is in balance, there's different uh, sort of factors that 
can play with your mood or your day to day, no? But CBD uh, will like balance it, no? Uh, as humans, when we are kids, we produce our own CBD, like the milk of our of the of our mom in the breast contains CBD. It's Does it? Yeah, it's organically. Uh, when we uh, reach certain age, depends on the person, we stop producing CBD uh, organically, and then then is why where the the plant comes. Or is, there's other um, plants that contain CBD, I think like cacao, I'm not very really sure, yeah. but in um, small percentages. You know, uh, hemp is very high percentage of CBD. That's, and CBD is only one of the 113 uh, cannabinoids that will get you to do the anti-carotch effect. Is know? there that many? I didn't realize. Yeah, it's CBD, THC, THA. Because there's so much emphasis on THC, right? That's only, a, that's only one of many. Yeah, it's just one slice of a pizza. To have a whole pizza is what they call the anti-carotch effect. Makes, you, uh, makes your body in harmony with, with you. Yeah. So that's, that's where the best thing is, no? Interesting. So, yeah, just give it time. I think one day in Australia will be legal, no? I think it's already going that way. Um, yeah. Yeah, from what I hear, I think there are places selling it already and it's kind of one of those things that it's just sort of... I mean, yeah. It's if, not... It's if, ignored a little bit. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, uh, you, you can get it on the website. Uh, people promote it, you yeah. know, like it's... Yeah. I think what, what blows me away is like, how how much it can support cancer, uh, people with cancer. And epilepsy and, too. Oh, epilepsy. All, all those kids that suffer epilepsy. Yeah. It's just amazing because they have all these seizures. No way. And they have all these different pills and they get sicker and sicker and yeah. nothing. But you give it a bit of CBD oil and they're just like with one one or two drops, they're just normal. And it, it's just processed down from a cannabis plant. Yeah. That's it. Yeah, it's there's from no, the hemp, the, hemp or cannabis the, plant. There's nothing added to it? No. See, this is I interesting. Mean, I mean, when they extract it, they have to mix it with MCT oil or... Oh, okay, or, so other natural. Or you can put it on, on, on a cream for a sunscreen. Okay, okay. Or, I don't know, you can... Uh, a gummy bear... Yeah. You know? Okay. But it's not like a pharmaceutical company where there's, they're not really adding artificial items. <laughs> well, well, the, uh, they, far, the pharma cannot patent nature. Exactly. So that's, that's where the big issue comes, no? Because if they cannot get money, you know what's happening, no? One, one, one uh, healthy customer. Is one less customer for them. Exactly. So what's going to happen? They're just going to lose money. So they, they, they don't want that to happen. So that's why you have what you have. It's big business. Sickness is big business. It is. And unfortunately, you know, people, some people think different from others mm-hmm. and, and they think more for, for themselves rather than 
There will be no fathers, no? So Yeah, and it, I think what sort of sucks is like to be brave enough to advocate for something that is regarded as alternative and different to, you know, mainstream um, medicine or Western medicine, it, it sort of sucks that you have to be brave and actually almost risk, like take risks illegally to to use it or promote it. So... Like I actually have a friend who is has terminal cancer. It's my mother's friend. She's really, and you know she would benefit so greatly from it. You know, in her mm. in her last days, yeah. but and she and she she's been offered it. Okay, but the reason she won't take it is because it's illegal. And she said, "I don't want to in my last days. I don't want to do anything illegal." Yeah, you know. So it's it's uh, I don't it, know. It all all starts with uh, education. Education. You know, you have to start that way because people think uh, it's a drug, but, you know, it's, it's, it's actually a medicine. It's going to make you feel good. So you use it every day? Uh, I don't use uh, I used to use it when I was in California, but now because I'm here, okay. I, can, I can use it. Yeah. But, um, but it's, it's actually in the 1800s, there's articles of doctors in the United States that they were like, curing people with CBD. Mm. Um, I don't know what president of the USA, uh, but he was like uh, uh, mandatory to have hemp plants in your backyard because hemp also the roots, uh, they help the soil get richer and they clean the environment. You know, yeah. so it's, 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 it's there. It's there on the on the internet. You can... You can research. People, I mean, I don't know American history or politics. I'm, I don't want to get crucified for this, but like, was it President Lincoln? I think someone was an advocate for, for hemp. Yeah, one of one of them. One of yeah, I think Lincoln. Or yeah. some, one of them. But because again of um, the pharma industry, um, they um, they promote the um, the cannabis as as a drug. As a drug, yeah. They were saying, "Oh, the um, Mexican guys are gonna come and and rape all your family because because the, they um, they grow the the plants over there, and that's how it became illegal. You know, it was just called um, uh, fear for the community. You know, yeah." And now, because of the internet and and the access we have to to the things on the internet, we we know that that's that's not it's true. Bullshit. No, it's yeah, it's bullshit. You know, it's like it's like you cannot say a plant is gonna kill you when when that's actually the opposite. No, yeah, it's yeah. curing people and it's and it's proven. Yeah. So, man. That's so interesting. I actually didn't expect this conversation to go to go that way. And, oh, yeah. <laughs> but it's funny. I was just talking about exactly like a friend of mine on the weekend was just talking about about CBD oil as well. Yeah. Um, and the exact same thing. He had a he had an ACL uh, knee reconstruction, and he was suffering with inflammation, but couldn't use say Voltaren or ibuprofen for the inflammation because it was making his stomach upset. He was getting a. Yeah. He's like, I want to take it, but I can't. Even if he uses the cream, he said it was making me sick in the stomach. 
Yeah, and he was talking about like, you know, he'd like to try this CBD oil for, for the inflammation of his knee. And then you said the same thing, like it's bizarre. Yeah, I mean, uh, what I know, uh, you can access CBD by going to your uh, local doctor and getting a prescription. Um, I think it's very expensive. They put it very expensive, so it's hard for a lot of people, I guess. But yeah, like if you ask me personally, I I always want uh, to put nature first than, than a chemical, you know, because I, a chemical is just not it's meant that for simple. us. Yeah. I, that's, that's, it's that simple, but, you know, like it's really that simple. Why do we overcomplicate it, you know? Yeah, well, money. Money, <laughs> But listen, like what I want to know, I've got another thing I want to ask you is like, so... I don't actually meet a lot of Peruvian, Peruvians. Like I, I, it's a place I, I've always wanted to go. I actually, when I, as a kid, had a dream about going to Machu Picchu. I don't know why. I always had a dream about it. I, I had this crazy dream like I was there and ever since then I've wanted to go. But can you tell me like now you've lived, you know, in Australia, America, what do you miss about Peru? The food. <laughs> what's the, what's the main what's your favorite food there like local oh, food ceviche ceviche yeah ceviche. Like, so the fish yeah it's raw fish raw cooked fish. with lime yeah onion chili you miss that oh for sure every day so that those that fish you caught today will be one for how ceviche are you, how, you gonna make ceviche out of it yeah are you yeah. <laughs> i'm gonna have to stay with you know <laughs> for sure um yeah, I mean, uh, I miss my family, you know, and friends, you know, yeah. I had everything there. And, and, and What about culturally? Like, what do you miss there compared to here? What are some cultural differences that you notice? Um, do we, are we more stressed out here? Here, what I found, everything goes more fast. People walk faster. People just focus in making money. Um, back home is 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 important to make money, but as well we we have we make our time to to be with the family. We have like you know, uh, for example, every Sunday uh, I remember all my family will we, get together and have lunch, or you know, like, like no matter what, no matter what, every Sunday. Amazing, you know. So, um, so yeah, make it like more like a how can I say like a home thing, you know? Yeah. Um, what else? Uh, I miss I miss uh, a lot of like um, you know hanging out with my friends, which I know them since I was a kid. You yeah. know, and like people oh, who know you, yeah, who know known you from from, from my roots, no. You can't beat that, man. You can't beat that, no. Here, here is was difficult and for sure still difficult, no. Because like, it's not like I know a lot of well, I know a lot of people, but not like everywhere in Australia, you know. So, so it's yeah, it's just it's just yeah. different, no, in certain ways. But still, like my desire to chase waves and and keep. Uh, inspiring people with my surfing and all that yeah. still there and, and and eventually one day I think I'll be going back to Peru you know yeah and live there 
you you know? you'll settle there. Yeah, I, I believe so. No, I uh, it's either there or, or in a place that have a sunset. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Like um, I like a place uh, that has a sunset. Yeah, like oh, what do you mean? Like, in the east coast, we have sunrises. Of course, yes. Sorry, you on the sunset over the sea? Sun- over the sea, yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, you know, that's that's where, where where I'm at. I can't believe you said that because here, yeah, like I've been I've grown up watching the sunrise overseas. Yeah. And so I've always naturally got up really early in the morning, obviously to go surfing and whatever. And so I've seen a lot of that. But living in Indonesia where the sunsets over the sea, yeah, I uh I think I like it I think I like it better. It does something to me, like I sleep so much better over there. Yeah. Because of that, because I think you know, watching the sun go down, it just does yes. something to my... I I mean, I always have time in the beach and I can see a sunset, I will go to see the sunset. <laughs> it's like something like I'm never going to miss. Yeah. You know, but here it's, it's a little bit hard um, to you, get... To you see notice that? You notice the difference? Like you miss it? Oh, yeah, for sure. So do you get up early? Uh, no. So you wouldn't get I up I mean, early? I get up early if I have to. Yeah. But... It's not that I'm getting up just to see the sun every day rise. Yeah. yeah. When I was living in California, like last year, the year before, like three years ago, I would go every afternoon to the beach to check the sunset, just to see the sun, how how it goes under the, the ocean. It's the best. I know, yeah. exa- I know exactly so, what you mean. Man. So for me, that's, that's the best. <laughs> So, yeah, I'm going to either go back to Peru to live or somewhere to have a sunset, you know. Bali. Bali's got a sunset. (laughs) Yeah, Bali got a sunset too. Oh, man, I almost feel like it's a good way to end. Like, it's been epic. Like, it's already been an hour and, and 10 minutes, like. Unless, um, but look, I want to, I want to ask you a few other, just a few other quick things. Um, and I forgot to mention this at the start, I might have sent you a text message, but I ask all guests to come with a cause or something they want to advocate for. Like, uh, you know, it could be a charity or a social enterprise or a fundraiser. Um, is there anything you want to advocate for? It could be an idea. It could, it could be CBD oil. I don't know. Is there something you believe in or close to your heart that you want to, you want yeah, to um, I, I I believe in CBD, 100%. Mm-hmm. I believe uh, the healing properties. I believe in nature, in the plants plants of power. Uh, and I believe that uh, every, every human is different. Uh, and, you know, a good way to find yourself is just to go deep into nature. You don't need to take psychedelics, but... Or any 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 sort of medicine, but you know, just being in nature and and breathing and and remaining calm, it will like it will like guide you in any sense, no. And that's that's what I do every time I feel like that. If I don't, you know, I don't have to take medicine all the time. I just go to nature, breathe, and, and appreciate, and something will pop up your mind. No, that's that's my best advice. I it's guess. the best. It's the best. <laughs> it's like the best thing to advocate for. Yeah, just be with nature. Yeah, I love it. I love it, man. So thanks, man. And so listen, um, I uh, I'm gonna put 
a, I'm going to put some links in your show notes to um, Ignacio's, you know, um, you know, promotion of CBD oil. Maybe if you want to learn more about it, I'll find some links that we can put in there, or or the company that you're affiliated with, and um, you can find Ignacio's. Um, show on the terriblehappytalks.com website and you can also find links to all the platforms that this podcast is published on such as apple podcasts itunes spotify google podcast google podcasts i can't speak today uh buzzsprout stitcher and and iHeartRadio. so yeah um and Ignacio, I've got a, I've got a gift for you from our sponsors. Wow. At, it's not actually here, though. Don't get too excited. Our sponsors at Indosol will be sending you a pair of Indosol footwear. Oh, nice! So a big thanks to yeah, Kai Paul, Kyle Parsons, uh, Chris Pappas, Nick Riley, the Australian distributor of Indosol. So. Yeah, as, thank as, you. A, as a thank Appreciate you for being it. on the show and I'll have to get your shoe size. Yeah, yeah. We'll have a look at the website <laughs> and see what you want. And I've also got another one and this is something I give to all guests so don't get too excited. It's a, it's a, a little – it is – you get the – oh, my God, am I – no, it might be my last one. You get the THT Circle logo sticker which is – I only give these to people that have been on the show. Legend. So you're an alumni. So there's only now you'll be episode 72. So 72 Legend. of those. Thanks, bro. So thanks for being on. THT. THT. And um, yeah, man. Wow. I uh, love hearing your story. I man, I love your accent. I, like, I want to learn how to speak Spanish, bro. Yeah, well, wasn't easy to to learn uh, English. You speak well. Like, how long have you how long how long have you been speaking English for? Um, like fluent, yeah, probably since two thousand and six. But I learned since I was a kid at school. No, wow, man. Yeah. See, this is what people don't realize. Like that struggle of sometimes it must you must have times when the language barrier. For sure, hundred <laughs> percent. Especially with Australians and our yeah. slang words, you know. Yeah, yeah. So it took, took me years to yeah. to get to understand in Australia. Yeah, I sp- I spent three months in Mexico traveling around, and I I really tried to learn the language like in the time I was there. But oh man, some it was some days it was so hard I couldn't communicate the most basic of things. And yeah, I mean patience, no patience. Um, yeah. Because it's a new language, so if if you rush and you want to know everything in one day, you're in the wrong place. <laughs> <laughs> All right, brother man, we'll leave it there. It's such a pleasure. All right, legend, here we go. Thank you. Thank So before we kick off the podcast, I just want to talk about getting your morning kick in Belmont Coffee. Belmont is owned by skaters, barbers, traders, and musicians. They came together with the idea of creating a co-pilot that's next to you on the late night drives, early mornings on the job site, or a midday pick-me-up, ethically sourced beans in a sustainable can, and ready to go when you are. Use the code THT to score a discount at belmont.com. That's Belmont, B-E-L-L-M-O-T-T dot com.